0: That's the the first book in the Bible. And if you do the same for the reading of God's Word, very familiar uh, story. I've never heard it preached like this, and I've never preached it like this, but. Genesis 17, we're going to read one, and we're going to read through 21. How many likes the word of God? Amen. <laughs> Good, because i got a lot of scripture. Yeah. It says, And when Abram was 90 years old, 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee it will multiply thee exceedingly and Abram fell to his face and said and God talked with him saying as for me behold my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations neither shall thy name any anymore be called Abram but thy name shall be called Abraham for a father of many nations have I made thee And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and God shall come out of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Sorry. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, and their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be be a God unto thee, and thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee, and thy seed after thee, The land wherein thou art a stranger. All the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, thou shalt keep my covenant therefore. Thou and thy seed after thee and their generations. This is my covenant which shall I keep. Between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man, child among thou, among you, shall be circumcised, and he shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be taken of the covenant between me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man, child in your generations, he that is born in the house or brought with money of any stranger which is not thy seed. How many knows that just because you don't birth someone doesn't mean they're not part of your house? Yeah? He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man child whose flesh of his foreskin, foreskin is not circumcised that, sh- that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. And God said it unto Abraham, As for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Ye, I will bless her. Yea, I will bless her. And she shall be a mother of many nations, kings, of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face laughing and said unto his heart, said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, O oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son Indeed." And thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee, and behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear, Unto Thee at this set time in the next year. Reach your hands towards me. God, I come to You tonight, Lord, humbled by the presence that we have already felt. God, I'm here tonight, humbled, God, by Your mercy, Jesus, humbled by what You've already done, God, that I pray tonight that You will just give me a word just tonight, God. One more time, Lord, one more time, grace me with Your presence and be my mouthpiece, God. That every word that flows through my mouth, Lord, be filtered. Through you, God. I pray that you will hide me behind your cross, Lord Jesus. That you will move in places that I cannot move, God. That you will seek to places that I cannot see, Jesus. That you will move and seek tonight. Yes. Bless me one more time to do your work. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Tonight my message is titled, your seed is not dead. Look at your neighbor and say, your seed is not dead. Listen, I, I, I was awoken... A couple of nights ago, no, well, it was a couple of weeks ago, with a dream, and I woke up crying my eyes out um, about this dream that I had, and and I'm not going to share it right now. I'll share it a little bit later, but um, I didn't know what it meant. I, I've been having dreams, and I don't, I didn't know what it meant, but I knew it meant something because of what happened in the dream, and and it was a a powerful dream, and I didn't, I just, I didn't know what it meant, but it was, it was Wednesday. Wednesday when I was sitting on oh, Tuesday when I was sitting at work Monday sorry we're going to go all the days Monday when I was sitting at work and God began to speak to me I was sitting in a Kroger parking lot in, in Circleville and God began to speak to me and I was trying to work and get caught up on some things and and the presence of God came into my truck and I couldn't couldn't contain it and I said well I'm preaching Thursday I need to get something out. right this time so I began to just listen to worship music and begin to listen to uh, what God was saying, and he began to speak to me about that dream and brought it back to my remembrance. And, and um, he was speaking to me, and he said, your seed is not dead. Your seed is not dead. And I said, God, what are you talking about? Like, uh, Are you talking about sowing a seed? What are you talking about? And he said, your seed is not dead. And, and, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, God. What, can't, why can't you make these dreams a little easier? Like, Can you just do me a favor and make these a little easier? Just tell me what they mean like, right after it happens. And I'll write that down and I'll use it. He said, your seed is not dead. So I felt it was in prayer. God brought it back to me. And I didn't know what he was trying to say. But as I began to study and dig into his word and found this scripture, it's a familiar scripture I preached it the hundreds of people I preached it. And, and a lot of people know what it was, but for some of you that don't know, we're going to go through the story of Moses in this particular time. So, in this scripture, we're, we're brought to a man named, I'm sorry, Abraham. We're brought to a man named Abraham, or Abram, in the beginning of the scripture. And uh, God, in the Bible says that Abram and God were friends. God, Abram spoke to God like he was his friend. And like I would talk to my friend, if you would talk to your friend, that's how he talked to him. And God told Abram, he said, you're going to have a son. But you're not going to have one son, but I'm... You are the father of many nations. And this was weird to Abram because the Bible says that he was 99 years old. Later on, he says 199. And that's not, you can't have kids at 99, right? And so he laughed. Not to mention he was old, but also his wife was old. She was no longer able to bear children. But God said, I will make you a father of many nations. That doesn't just mean one, but that means many. Your seed is not dead. Your seed is not dead. And what's that mean, Connor? You said, what does that mean? I don't know what God's been speaking to you. I don't know what God's promised you. But your promise is not dead. Your seed is not dead. The thing that the enemy would like to tell you, just give it up because it isn't going to happen, is not dead. And then I was sitting there in my truck, be in this parking lot. Thank God my windows are tinted because people would think I was crazy. Because I'm sitting there. My hands are up in, in, in my truck. And the worship music playing. I know they heard that. And, and I'm sitting there with my Bible in my lap trying to find scripture. And I'm trying to type it on this iPad. And, and I'm going on and on and on. And I can't figure it out. And God's like, settle down. I got you. So he said, just sit here. So I sat there in his presence. And he began to reveal things to me. And speak to me. See, the thing that God has promised you is not dead. Your need is not dead. God is still God. And is still working on the situation that you need. Even when it seems impossible... He can make the impossible possible. See, Abram was too old to have kids. Sarah was too old to have kids. But God came to Abram, speaking to him like a friend, and said, I'm going to make you, you are the father of many nations. See, there's a covenant that he said. He said, you're going to circumcise your children, and your children's children are going to be circumcised. And that is going to be my covenant. With you, and that will show you, show me that you are in covenant with me. If they are not circumcised, they will no longer be in my covenant. But I'm going. But you do this, and you will be in covenant with me. What is a covenant? A, promise. a covenant is a promise. Right. It's when two people come together and say, we're going to accomplish this thing right here. Yep. Yeah. The, what they were trying to accomplish is Abraham having a child and being the father of many nations. But God said, it's not just going to be taking me, I'm going to need you to do it too. So I'm going to make a covenant with you. Sure, I could just give you a kid. I can do that on God. But you do something for me and I'll do something for you in return. See, the Hebrews, when they look at a covenant, the, the root word for covenant is covenant in the Hebrew. And you say, what does that mean? And the way that they look at it is, if me and Shane... There's something in between us, and we make a covenant. We have to get down the things that are between us, so that we can come together in one mind and one accord and accomplish what needs to be accomplished for what we need to happen to happen. And that's the way that the Hebrews look at it. And that's what God was saying to him. He was saying, "I know that there's things in the way, but I, I didn't say I was going to make you a father of many nations. Not one time did he say." I'm making you a father of many nations. But he said, you are a father of many nations. He said, you are a father of many nations. And what's that mean? That tells me that when God makes a covenant with you, he's already got his side worked out. When God makes a covenant with you, whatever it may be, that your child's going to be saved, that you're going to preach, that you're going to sing, that you're going to move into a with him, that you're going to have your, your most loved ones are going to come to heaven, to come to Christ, that he's going to get uh, you get free, that he's going to build a building on the back of the acreage that we have here. There's a covenant there and God already has a plan to make that happen and the plan is already done. But we have to catch up with what God is wanting to do on our side of the covenant. He said, you are the father of many nations that's present tense, that's not past tense, that's not future, that's now, he already was in that very moment, he said, no, you're no longer going to be called Abram, but I'm going to name you Abraham, and what does that mean in the Hebrew, the Hebrew, the hem at the end of Sarah and Abraham is, uh, is the very breath of God, God is breathing life into them, breathing life into their seed, breathing life into into their situation. I don't know tonight if there's anyone in here that needs God to bring life into your situation. And and you might say, Connor, I'm too messed up. My, My situation is too messed up. That's a nice story, but my situation is too messed up. Listen, I've been there, and I've done that, but God can do miraculous things, and He can do the impossible, and make the impossible possible. And in this story, He said, you are the father of many nations, and I will make Sarah. A mother of many nations. He already has his side already done. His side's already accomplished and he's waiting on you to catch up. He comes to him saying that he's gonna have a child and he begins to laugh at him. I don't know if you've ever laughed at God, but that's brave just sit there and it doesn't, and like when I picture it, I picture him like because it says that he was on his knees and then began to laugh. So he's like literally rolling on the floor laughing. He's literally laughing at God. And then he begins to speak to himself like God can't hear him. Because it says in the Bible that he spoke to himself. And instead, said saying, what, what is this guy talking about? What is he talking about? I'm old. My wife's old. I can't do this. So then he brings up Ishmael. Which if you don't know who Ishmael is, that is a child who he had out of covenant. With, not with Sarah. With the base And a lot of people would say, that was his sin, right? He was in sin when he did that, so God is not going to bless that. But God said, I've heard you. I'm in covenant with you. Somebody listen to me. I'm in covenant with you. And when I'm in covenant with you, I'll bless you in your highs and I'll bless you in your lows. I'll bless you when you're messed up and I'll bless you when you're good because I'm in covenant with you. See, right now, he, he was in a mess when he when he had Ishmael. When he had Ishmael, he was, he was in a mess and he didn't know what to do. He was trying to get his hands in the plan that God had. Has anyone been there? When you when you see the plan that God has and it's right in front of you, but it seems impossible, so you start moving things around. You start moving chess pieces around to try and get a checkmate. and next thing you know, your queen's gone. And you're, you have no more moves. And, and then you're stuck and God still says, I'm right here. I'm not only going to bless Ishmael, but I'm going to bless Isaac, who you will have with Sarah. My covenant will be with Isaac. But I will bless your mess. I'll bless the mistake that you made. Because I love you that much. Even though you messed up and you walked away and you said, I'm done, I can't do it, I I can't do it, God, I I don't want anything to do with it, God. When you come back, God will still bless you So bless your circumstances when it seems like there's nothing else to do. When it seems like there's nowhere else to turn and you come to God crying, saying, I've gone too far. I've messed up too much. You don't think Abraham was thinking that. But God said, I'll still bless that. But my covenant will be with Isaac. He said that he's the father of many nations. Not that he was making it. He said that he's made thee a father of many nations. That brings us to Sarah, or Sarai. In verse 15, God tells Abraham that Sarai's name will no longer be Sarai, but will become Sarah, because she shall be a mother of many nations, and kings of people will come from her. The Bible says that Abraham began to laugh, and this is particularly crucial To the story, because at this point in Sarah's life, she was past her age to conceive. She couldn't no longer, her body could no longer physically do it. Could no longer physically carry a baby. Could no longer physically birth the baby. But somehow God said, it's going to happen. Just like when it seems like you can't do it. Just like when when you're in a situation and God says to move forward. And you're like, God, there's a sea right here. He'll part a Red Sea. When when you're starving in the desert, He'll tell you, hit a rock and water will come forth. And He'll send manna to feed you, to give you what you need. Because that's what God is. He's a provider of whatever we need. He's a provider of whatever we need to get His job done. Whatever we need to make His, Word's true, he'll make happen. And that's what he was doing in this situation. He said, I, I, will, I, I will give you the things that you need. And Moses was laughing at him. And I believe that there might be some people looking at today's generation and looking at the world saying it's hopeless. Saying they're too messed up, they're too, they've walked away too many times. There's no hope for them. There's no hope for this world. There's no hope for the kids, there's no hope for the for, for the, the teenagers. But I would say that God is shaking a generation. God is shaking this world and there's a shaking happening because He's beginning to move things out of life. He's beginning to move things into lives, but take away the things that are not needed. He's beginning to reveal Himself in a way that, that it doesn't it's not like the status quo. It's not like what, what we've seen in the past. But it's a new way that he's revealing himself. And, and we're seeing people walk around that like we've never seen before. And we're seeing kids dance in the front like we've never seen before. But God's moving in ways that, that's making a say, is this it? Is this it? And I believe that God's wanting to reveal things to you. Because I believe there might be some people here tonight that has promises that God has promised you in the past lost children, lost loved ones. He's promised you that your husband would be saved. He's promised you that your wife would be saved. He's promised you that your children would come back to God. And and, and you're thinking right in your your very eyes, it looks impossible. Because they don't want anything to do with God. You say, I'm going to church, and they laugh. You say I'm going to church and they shrug their shoulders. But I'm here to tell you tonight that God is still sitting on the throne. And the same God that put a baby in Sarah's belly Beth- Beth- is the same God that can put a baby in your situation. He can put a baby in your name. He can put a baby in what you're asking for because your seed is not not dead. What you're looking for is not dead. Your promise is not dead. What you're begging for is not dead. Those things that God has put in your mind is not dead. Your dream is not dead. Our promise is not dead. These things that you're Ever be in church with you? I've already got it done. I need you to catch up to me. And when things don't happen, we begin to question God and say, God, you're not moving fast enough. He's worse than he was. They're worse than they were. I'm sicker than I was. I'm, I'm more depressed than I was fighting me more now than he was last week. God, where are you? But God's already got it accomplished. He's waiting for us to catch up to him. He says you're already the father of many nations. He didn't say I was making you. His job's done. When he says it will happen, it's already done. When he says it will be it's already accomplished. He's waiting on you to grab a hold of it and move forward. So I would say to you the next time that you're looking and praying, and something's not going the way that you think it should, instead of playing the why game of God, begin to self reflect for a minute. And this is what God told me I've already got it accomplished. What's in the way? What's in the way? See, Moses began to move his own parts and he had Islam. And God said, nope, that's not for one. I said, Sarah. I said, Sarah would be the mother of any nations. And Isaac would be your son that would come out of that. So we move parts. So I would say to the reflect the next time that you question. The next time you say, God, why? 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 Why are you doing this? Begin to look at yourself and say, what am I doing? Here's what I'm doing right. I'm reading. I'm praying. Sometimes fast. But did God tell you the faster Did you say, sometimes fast. What is it that we can do more? What, what, what is it that we can do to get what we're asking God for. What is it that's standing in the way of what God already has accomplished in the future? Your seed is not dead, but what is it that's making it look like it's dead? What is it? And a lot of people point fingers at God, but the real reason is God is God already taken care of. He's waiting on us to catch up to what it is that He has. God said, I'm making a covenant with him. And a covenant is unbreakable. You can't unbreak a covenant with God. So I don't know who tonight your children are lost and running, but you have a covenant with God. I don't know what promise you're waiting for, but you have a covenant with God. God's covenant is everlasting and it says the Bible says that it would go from generation to generation to generation. So so the enemy has generational curses that can be broken, but God has a covenant with your people. So you say, I want my children to be saved, give your covenant with God. You say, I want my family to be saved, getting covenant with God. I need a healing, getting covenant with God. I need a breakthrough, getting covenant with God. My, my husband needs to come sit by me in church and he needs to get saved, getting covenant with God because it all starts with that covenant. It all starts with that covenant. And that covenant is brought to us through the blood of Jesus. Amen. See, the enemy would like to tell you that you're no good, that you can't, get in covenant with God. But the blood of Jesus says, That's a lie. Because when he took the stripes, he took it for everything and everyone. When he hung on the cross, he hung on the cross for everything and everyone. When he said it is finished, he went down and took the keys to that covenant and he gave that covenant to you. All you have to do is reach out and take those keys back and say, God, I'm walking with you. I'm walking with you. Doing everything right you say i'm reading i'm praying i'm fasting i'm following right behind god and when he takes one step i'm taking a step behind him when he moves to the left i'm moving to the left then stay tight because it's in god's perfect timeline because god's never made a mistake and he's not going to start with your situation he's not going to start with your mom he's not going to start with your dad with your children because god is a perfect god and he's the only one who can be perfect he's the only one that walked on this earth That is perfect is Jesus, and and the Bible says that He's not man that He should lie. So if He said He's going to do it, you have to trust that if you're doing your part, His part's already taken care of. He's just waiting for a situation. He's just waiting for something to move out. He's just waiting, and you say, "Well, man, how come it seems like everyone's leaving me? What if they were in the way of your covenant?" You say, "How come it seems like..." Every time that I get in a good place and I get in a good relationship, it seems like God comes in and tears it apart. Well, it's not God, but it could be God because what if it's, it's in the way of your covenant? You made a covenant with God. You said, God, I want you to do whatever you can do to keep me in line with your word. You want, I want you to do whatever you need to do to keep me in line with your plan, with your purpose. God, I know that you called me and did and calling from the time of So I need you to, to move things out of my life. I need that he moves if you say, but God, lie. <laughs> it's in the way of your covenant. Right, yeah. Just because he's moving things out, that covenant is there. You have to see where you're walking. Yep. Things you begin to fall your eyes, and God will move them out when you ask, so you can see your covenant. But it doesn't mean you see dead. The Bible says that He's given us life and life more abundantly. Your seed is not dead. What you're asking for is not dead, and it might look like it. And the enemy might tell you that your seed is dead, that your promise is dead, that your 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 need is dead, that your 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 uh, healing is dead. But I'm here to tell you that the enemy is a liar, and He's moving things out so that you can see that covenant. He's moving things out of the way so that you can see the covenant that you have with God so that God can remind you, I'm still here. I made that promise to you. You made a covenant with me so it will come to pass. Amen, amen. If God is not made that he should lie, then every promise that's been promised by God has to be fulfilled. It has to be fulfilled. So you can hold tight knowing that That promise will be fulfilled. As long as the covenant is still there. That covenant is still there. That was His promise. That no matter what it is, whatever the promise is, whatever the seed may be in your life, that it will come to pass. There ain't nothing that you've done in your past that can keep it from happening. The only thing that can keep The covenant from happening, or what he promised you from happening, is you. You believe in the lie that you're not good enough. You believe in the lie that no one wants to talk to you, no one wants to hear you. You believe in the lie that your husband's too far gone, that your wife's too far gone, your children are too far gone. If I've learned anything in being a youth pastor, it's that kids are listening even when you think that they're not listening. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, because there was one time I was preaching and there was a kid who was soothing on the back row. And I didn't find that kid out. Didn't say anything to him. After church, I walked up to him and said, did you have a good night? And he said, I wasn't sleeping. And I said, Right, you were sleeping. You were doing everything besides snoring. He was like, "I can tell you what you preached." I said, "Go on." He quoted the scripture. Wow. My message title and where I went in the scripture, where I went in the message. They say that our kids don't listen, that they want nothing to do with God. I said that that's a lie. They are listening. They might listen to because I would not have been able to listen like that, but he was listening. The covenant is still there. you got to hold tight knowing that all your work and all your turmoil and all the pain that gets you to your answer is worth it. That all the labor and all the hurt when you finally get what you've been asked what you've been promised and your husband's finally sitting next to you and your child's finally walking in freedom it's going to be worth it but the enemy would say that it's not but i would say it is look i thought i was done when I was in sin, I didn't, I didn't know. I knew that there was a God, but I didn't feel it. And I wanted nothing to do with it. But He chased after me. Because there was a covenant. When I cursed Him, when I sinned on Him, there was a covenant. When I walked away, there was a covenant. And it took me sitting on a dryer... With an extension cord around my neck, ready to end it all, for me to realize there's a covenant. And there's a promise. There was a promise that was made. Far before I was ever even thought of, there was a promise that was made. Long before your situation ever got to you, there was a way out made. I said it last week when I was preaching downstairs. The Bible says that a day is to a thousand years to God. He's already been there and got your way out. Because he's in covenant with you. The thing that you're asking for is already done. He's already been there, done that, has the way out. So why are we worried? We allow us to get our self to get in our way. Our mind gets to running. What are they doing? I wonder what they're doing right now. I wonder who they're with right now. And God's like, I got this. The same God that redeemed you is the same God that will redeem them. The same God that had a hedge of protection over you is the same God that will have a hedge of protection over them. The same God that promised you and had a covenant with you is the same God that will have a covenant with them. But it's in His time, not ours. Whatever it is, whatever you need, God has in you, your seat is not dead. Listen, listen, your mom and your dad may have walked out, may not care what you do, but there's a God in heaven who does. And he has a plan for you and a purpose for you. In every tear that you've cried mom and dad, he, he has bottled up and there's a purpose. He won't let those tears go to waste. He won't let that hurt go to waste. He won't let that pain go to waste. But he's in covenant with you. So I would say tonight, what is it that you're asking for? What is it that God promised you that the enemy says is never going to happen? What is it that God has said to you is going to take place at hasn't happened yet, so you begin to question, what is it that the enemy would like for you to give up on and walk away from? This thing is lacking up, and the Bible says that there's going to be a great awakening. But every promise has to come to pass. every promise. So in this dream, I was preaching at a church, not here, it was at a different church. And I was standing on the chairs, like preaching. And I sweat was pouring from my head. And I closed my eyes And I was preaching, and as I was preaching, I said, your seed's not dead. It's time for you to walk in the freedom that God has given you. And I opened my eyes, and when I opened my eyes, I looked to the left. And there was someone who was very close to me, who is not right with God right now, who is running in his cold, And he was bawling his eyes out. And it was like, the only way I can describe it is it was like there was a river running from his eyes. And it wasn't going down his face, but it was hitting the floor in front of him. And when I opened my eyes, I made eye contact with him. And I said, are you ready? And when I said that, he began to come up quickly. The only way I can imagine it is like, them hoverboards, you know how kids go real fast on board. That's what it was like. He wasn't on a hoverboard, but it was that fast. <laughs> so he came up, and I went. Out. I closed my eyes again, when I opened them, and he was right in front of me. And I began to pray for him, and as I began to pray for him, I began to review things off of his life. And I review things from the past off of his life begin to see life into him and, and at that moment it was like an egg was cracked from the top because it just fell like it laid open his, his body laid open and it was like the person that I knew that i don't. my entire life was standing there in front of me free God sent my seed your seed is not dead. This man is lost. And running. But he's cold. But his seed is not dead. And many would look at him. And say it's never going to happen. And the enemies even told me. It's never going to happen. Just stop praying. But God said his seed. Is not dead. Your seed is not dead. And I don't know who this is for tonight. God is a God of love and He's a God of mercy and His mercy is is everlasting and it's new every single day. So I don't know who's here tonight that needed to know that your seed is not dead. The things that God promised you are not dead. The things that you're striving for is not dead. Hold tight because if you're doing everything on your part, in God's perfect timing, it will come to pass. What you can promise will come to pass. If you want to come in and use that, I don't know who this is for, but I know it's for someone. Because as I was sitting in my truck, it was overwhelming what I felt. But when God breathes life into your situation and you make a covenant with him, rest assured that it will come to pass. What he says will come to pass. It's not in our time It's not when we want it. It's not right now. But it's in God's timing. Because His timing is perfect. God's will is perfect. So be encouraged if what you've been promised is not happening. Be encouraged tonight. Because it will come to pass. As long as the covenant is intact. There's nothing in the way. What he promised you will come to pass. Turn with him to your feet. <clears throat> me? God, why are the things that you promised me not happening? first day.